Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome in to the Pro Football Chase podcast. It's Isaac Sines with you and NFL Safety, J.J. Wilcox, the co-host of the show. We're ready to go, J.J. Week number 10 already on deck. We just wrapped up week number 9. Plenty to get into on this Tuesday. So first things first, JJ, how you doing? I think I'm doing good, man. I was a little under the weather yesterday, but I'm blessed and fortunate to be back on my feet today. Uh, week nine was amazing. I think I went 11 to two this week. I think it's really been unheard of. So I'm excited, man. I think I got a uh, got a, a nice little niche here going on. Got some good details going into week 10, and I'm excited. How about you? I'm good, man. Hey, 11-2, and two, you killed it this week. So props to you, man. You had a great week. I went 9-4 and four following the Ravens win last night. So, you know, not too bad, but for sure you blew me out of the water in week number nine. <laughs> but so far, nine weeks in, I only have two weeks where I've been below 500. So I'll take it. We'll see how yes. things uh, shape up here in week 10. But, JJ, before we get into our regular topics, man, breaking news yesterday morning, Frank Reich fired in Indianapolis. You know Jim Irsay, the owner, he runs a lot of the show over there. And so he fires Reich after a 40-33-1 record in almost five seasons at the helm. One and two in the playoffs. And then we'll get into the breaking news that followed that with who he named as the interim. But just talking about Frank Reich, J.J., a little yeah. bit surprised, man. I mean, I went back to the preseason, and I really was expecting big things from Reich and this Colts team, but things just hadn't quite clicked in Indy, yeah. and, you know, they lost again 26-3 to the Patriots' third consecutive defeat. Yeah, um, it, it's just a sad situation for Frank Reich. Uh, he's, a, he's a highly credible coach with a great offensive scheme. He does a lot of great things. He, he's built a culture in Indy, and um, I think, you know, with the situation with him, it was – uh, it was a it was a uh, position that they were trying to get on the route since he's been there, really, since they really the departure of Andrew Luck, man, it just hasn't been filled, which was the quarterback position. So I think it was just a sad situation for us just trying to find a good key piece. But it's, it goes to show you how important a uh, great caliber uh, quarterback is to uh, a, a team success as well as a coach's success, too. So um, it's just a sad situation, but it's not the end of Frank Wright. We know that. He's a uh, he's a as an offensive minded coach that's going to find a job here shortly. Uh, it's just sad for his situation to end the way it did. Yeah, and I think if they were able to find a new quarterback, I think he still has a job. But you know, they went to Philip Rivers, and then they went to Carson Wentz, and they went to Matt Ryan, and just the constant revolving door of quarterbacks trying to find the right one after the Andrew Luck retirement. I mean, it's unfortunate for Frank Reich, and then that leads me to my next point, JJ, because. Jim Irsay then decides to hire Jeff Saturday, the former All-Pro center, as interim head coach. Now, mind you, a lot of people were pretty upset with the move just because he has no college or NFL coaching experience. We all know he was a fantastic player on the field, six-time Pro Bowl center, 13 seasons for the Colts. He was a ESPN analyst. He had been a consultant for the team. He's in their ring of honor. He was head coach for the Hebron Christian Academy in Dacula, Georgia for three seasons. So that's his coaching experience. But a lot of people were saying, man, there's a lot of coaches on staff at Indy that deserve that opportunity. 
Instead, they go with Jeff Saturday, and so they have a press conference last night, and Jim Ursay really didn't do a good job of explaining his decision to, to make that random move for Jeff Saturday. So there's no coach on staff in Indianapolis right now that has experience calling plays in the NFL. So, <laughs> you know, they fired Marcus Brady, the OC, a couple yeah. weeks ago. So Jeff Saturday says in the presser, he's like, well, I'm interviewing coaches tonight. I'm going to make a decision on who's going to be our play caller moving forward. So a lot of things to sort out there in Indy, but what are your thoughts on Jeff Saturday being named the intermed coach? Yeah, just to kind of piggyback off of what Jim said. Um, he, he, he's familiar with that. Uh, he's a big family guy, Armenta guy. And he, like I say, it's a familiar faith that he's been around for a guy that did a lot of great things in the organization, dating back uh, all the way to the Peyton Manning era. So it's a, it's a guy that he obviously has a relationship with, has a lot of trust in. And like you say, it's a guy that doesn't have any coaching fears at this point because he hasn't had any coaching um, experience, really. So he doesn't have the fear of what comes behind uh, being uh, being a great coach or even just the fears of being fired and different so- sorts like that. He uh, he has a winning pedigree in his background. He's been very successful, won a Super Bowl as well. So um, I feel like, you know, right now, it, we will see how things go. It's kind of hard to say right now. It's on a moving train. I think they just wanted to get the bad taste out of their mouth. And, uh, and a great way for Jeff Saturday to respond is to get in here and get a W against uh, the Raiders coming up here shortly. So um, I, it's, it's a weird situation. But, hey, you know, Nobody knows more and best than Jim himself, and uh, he has a guy that he's familiar with. So um, let's see how it goes, and um, I'm, I'm excited for Jeff Saturday as well. well. A lot of mixed emotions from Colts fans and media members, so we'll see how things turn out on Sunday, and that's a game we are going to break down momentarily here on the podcast. But first, let's go ahead and get into our Player of the Week, JJ. And for me, I'm going to go back to New York, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, <laughs> Jets. They got the big upset win. I was telling you that I was able to watch the game because they showed the game in market. The Texans obviously played on Thursday. So we're able to get the Jets and the Bills on Sunday. And, man, Sauce Gardner, JJ. I mean, the guy is playing at a high level. You can make the case that he's playing up to a first-team all-pro level in his rookie season. I understand that he's halfway through year one. Things can change. And he gave up. A big 42-yard reception to Stephon Diggs to start the game. But ever since that blemish, he was absolutely locked down for that Jets secondary. And he had a pass breakup on fourth down to end the game on Stephon Diggs. And then he also had an interception, a team-high seven tackles, one pass defense. And according to Pro Football Focus Review, he was targeted three times. Of course, he did give up that one reception for 42 yards. 42.4 QBR allowed in 43 coverage snaps. Sauce Gardner, JJ, continues to headline that Jets secondary playing with swag. Also, is proven that he's not scared to come up and make a Uh -uh. hit as well. And so for me, I got to give it to Sauce Gardner, player of the week. He was instrumental in that Jets 2017 upset win over the Bills. Hey, man, he's making us a case for the defensive rookie of the year, man. He's doing a lot of great things. Is a mismatch um, um, nightmare. He does a great job. He's at his his intangibles with his instincts and the coverage and schemes he does when he's mad now, been locked up. Nobody seems to be able to get around him or even or get uh, even close to the ball. So, man, my hat's off to Sauce Gardner. I, I I talk highly of him even coming out of the draft, doing some things on our early podcast. He, like I said, he did some great things in Cincinnati. He just continued to turn that over as well in New York Jets. So they got a great key piece. You know, we all know it starts out wide. If you can stop 
and shut down the best player on the offense outside of the receivers, you got a great chance of winning. And that's what New York is doing right now. So kudos to them, and man. The hats off the, the baller, Sauce Gardner, as well. Well, who stood out to you this week, JJ? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna keep it in the veteran sense, man. My my guy Justin Houston, um, he did a great job last night, man. He's playing some great ball. He had three tackles, one assist, two and a half sacks last night, and even the game before that, when they played Thursday night against Tampa Bay, he had two tackles, two solos, two sacks. And um, ever since he's been back in the mix, man, he's been doing a good job of of helping this defense finally get over the hump and, and get those wins. Because we know early on in the year. Baltimore had a hard time of closing games and sealing different games. But since this guy, Justin Houston, has been in the lineup, he's done great things uh, for this defense as far as getting them over the hump, uh, coming off the edge, uh, giving them a presence, a defensive presence. And then with Wokong coming in and stuff in the middle, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help even better with that as well, too. So 33 years old, 12 seasons in, uh, still wrecking havoc, man, still playing at an elite level. Still getting over, he's averaging over two sacks a game right now. That's kind of unheard of for a guy that's 33 years old. So my hats is off, and my uh, player of the week this week goes off to Justin Houston. That's a good one. You know what, Justin Houston, hard to believe that he was actually left inactive for several games in the season, week four, week five, week six. He didn't even dress out, J.J., because the Ravens chose to dress out some younger players. And, you know, Justin Houston stayed professional about it. He didn't go to the media. He didn't make a scene. And so he waited his turn. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, the guy has burst onto the scene. I was talking about it with a couple of followers last night on Twitter. I was like, it looks like Justin Houston has found the fountain of youth, man, because Mm -hmm. the guy looks like he's prime Justin Houston. Well, at least he did last night. He certainly was giving the Saints all they could handle in the backfield. And you know, Andy Dalton was probably having nightmares of Justin Houston last night. <laughs> Absolutely, man. He was he was all all in the backfield. And they just kind of they couldn't find a way to get him done. They were trying to chip him and do different things here, but he was still finding his way, man. So, uh, you know, like I say, my hat's off to a guy, a veteran guy like Justin Houston that's been around and still playing some great ball. Next segment here, JJ. Most impressive win of the weekend or most disappointing loss of the weekend? I'm going to go with the first. I was really impressed. Talk to you about this one as well. I know you weren't too pleased, but the L.A. Chargers – Found a way to get it done on Sunday, beating the Falcons, who were previously leading the NFC South into week number nine. But the Chargers, who pretty much showed up with the skeleton crew at wide receiver on Sunday. I mean, Keenan Allen ruled out with the hamstring. Mike Williams still sidelined with that high ankle sprain. DeAndre Carter was added to the injury report with an illness. He ended up playing, but limited snaps. And so all kinds of offensive weapons that were missing, even Donald Parham, their Starting tight end who plays with Gerald Everett, he was ruled out with a hamstring that he tweaked as well. But yeah. I have to give a lot of credit, though, J.J., the Chargers on the road, picking up a win. The game was won by rookie kicker Cameron Dicker. It was his debut game for the Chargers. He's been on a couple of teams this season, spot duty for injured kickers. I know he also played for the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. He gets the job done, but I got to tell you what, Justin Herbert, who's been dealing with that rib cartilage injury since week two, he went 30 for 43, 70% completion percentage, 245 yards, one touchdown. And then how about Josh Palmer? We've talked a lot about him on the podcast. He rose to the occasion, Mm -hmm. eight catches, a career high, 106 yards against the Falcons on Sunday 
That was just enough to get it done, JJ. And of course, let's not forget about that Khalil Mack strip where he ends up yeah. taking that ball down the field, flipping field position. But the Chargers picked up a big time win, five and three, and they still remain one game back of the Chiefs in the AFC West. Yeah, the Chargers came down to handle business. You know, business. You know, I had my Falcons to come in here and and, and pull it all for me at the home team. Uh, but you know, the Chargers they came in and did what they did. You know, they came in, they ran the ball well. They was conservative, like you said. Uh, Justin Herbert was seventy percent. That is huge going into a, on a away game as well. Um, Austin did some great things. The defense held up too. You know, the Falcons did some great things with the pistol and uh, the pistol formation with Huntley. Allinger and Patterson as well running downhill, doing some outside zones and inside tackles and trap plays. But that, that script in, um, in the third quarter with Khalil Mack was huge because at that point, the Atlanta Falcons was on the 10-yard line driving in, and they could have put them up by three, uh, which would have gave them some momentum on defense as well. So um, the Chargers did a great job of coming in, understanding the assignment, understanding they was depleted at certain situations, and the defense bowed up and made stops when it was crucial. So uh, my hats is off to the Chargers as well. That was a great win for them. I'm more disappointed. I got two disappointments, Aaron Rodgers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Brett now and Rodgers. Uh, this, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of good for me because, like I say, I don't lost this guy two times in the playoffs. So uh, it's just a sad situation for Aaron Rodgers, a guy with so much um, accolades and such a great player in this league for so long to see him struggling and go do different things that he's been going through this season it's really been kind of hard to watch because we're not used to that as as NFL fans and as people fans of football as well because we've know once Green Bay is always in the mix of doing something great in there but um, I think it's time for Aaron Rodgers to look himself in the mirror man and somebody needs to hold him accountable as well I guess when you're as a guy with so many accolades and, 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 and does so much great things over the league for so long it's kind of hard for anybody to approach you, but I think it's time for him to take a little self in the mirror and look at himself, man, and, and the way some of the throws that he did on the goal line, they could have put them up. And take uh, They could have beat a really bad Detroit Lions team, but, hey, that was a team that I had, and that was my upset of the week, and they took care of business as well. They had, uh, held a great guy to a great um, – to one of the lowest stats of his career. And then uh, the Las Vegas Raiders as well, man. It's just been disappointing. Josh McDaniels, he had a lot of great things. He got a lot of great twos there as well. And um, they just can't seem to turn it over. They was up 20 to zip and um, against a mediocre Jacksonville Jaguars team, man. They let them come back and beat them. Um, and it's just been sad to see them. Devontae Adams, you know, he's still putting up some good numbers, but he's still losing. So it doesn't make sense. You know, I don't understand – you know, to let people let emotions get in between those two, I'm not going to keep, you know, speak heavily on it. But those two, I wish they could have figured something out in Green Bay and stayed together, man, and, and, and did something great there. But uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and Aaron Rodgers right now are my two disappointment this year as of right now. Well, I got to tell you what, for your first disappointment pick of Aaron Rodgers, and I'm very happy. I'm smiling from ear to ear <laughs> hearing about the uh, Packers' demise. I mean, you mentioned it, obviously, the Packers have been the Cowboys' kryptonite for so long with Aaron Rodgers. And so, you know what? I ain't sad at all, man. I mean, I'm happy. We're going to get into this matchup. Cowboys and Packers, we're going to talk about it. And so I do have a certain feel about this matchup. And so we're going to get into it here in a few minutes. But let's go ahead and turn the page now to Week 10, JJ. And we're going to start it with Thursday Night Football. The Atlanta Falcons, 4-5, and five. now they're below 500, still very much alive in the NFC South despite yeah. the Buccaneers taking the edge 
after Sunday's win. They're going to go play the Carolina Panthers 2-7. Now, this one isn't the most exciting game, JJ, but I do believe this game is going to be a run fest. The Falcons have the fourth best rushing attack in the NFL. They're averaging 163 yards on the ground. They got Corderell Patterson back from injured reserve. So I think right. he'll be the difference here, JJ. Carolina, they're expected to start P.J. Walker again after benching him in the second half, and they just got blown out by the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's a defense there in Carolina that just got torched on the ground for over 200 yards to Joe Mixon and the Bengals. Now they have to face a Falcons rushing unit that is just as potent with Patterson, with the rookie Allegreer. So I'm going to take the Falcons here, JJ. I think they're able to dominate on the ground. I think it's a low-scoring game, but a run fest. Give me the Atlanta Falcons 23-16 over the Panthers. Yeah, I'm going to go with Atlanta as well. We know uh, they played each other last week. It was a close game. Uh, The Panthers had it all in their hands, man. Just a couple of penalties here and there. But um, I like you said, for all the reasons, Atlanta, man, they're figuring it out. If they can stick to the run game, keep uh, Marcus Mariota going with some RPO reads, uh, as as well as some zone reads. And uh, Patterson keep running the way he is, man. They're going to be a hard team to stop. So give me Atlanta here as well. Now we got an international series game, JJ. 8.30 a.m. Set your alarm clocks on Sunday. NFL (laughs) is going to Germany for the first time. They're going to play at Munich's Alliance Arena. Seahawks 6-3 at the Buccaneers. 4-5 on NFL Network. I'm actually looking forward to this one. Of course, I do have church at 10.30, but I can catch most of the game before going to church so it's always fun to have some nfl football on that early but jj looking at this matchup i gotta tell you what this one was kind of tough for me because the buccaneers they looked really bad on offense again on sunday Uh until tom brady the greatest of all time last drive gets the ball no timeouts drives 60 yards and wins the game for tampa maybe that is the spark the tampa bay buccaneers needed to get on track But then Seattle, man, I mean, they have just been so consistently good, dominating on the ground. Kenneth Walker, another 100-yard performance. Geno, another Mm -hmm. great effective performance on the road. So I don't know if I could pick against Seattle anymore. I went with the Cardinals. They were my upset pick on Sunday, and they didn't get the job done. Obviously, Seattle won that one. So I'm going to go with Seattle here, JJ, 24-20. They're going to continue to utilize that rushing attack defensively. Bruce Irvin, talk about another veteran that has come in and changed the complexity of that front seven. I like what they're doing in Seattle. So I think I'm going to have... Seattle over Tampa Bay 24-20 on Sunday. Oh, man, I like it, Ice. I'm glad you finally came on over, man, to over to the Seattle bandwagon side of things, man. I told you last week, man, it's hard to go against a team that's rolling, and Gino is giving these guys life, man, and a fresh breath of air. They didn't know which way they was going to look or which way they was going to go without life, without Russell Wilson, but like I said, Gino's giving this team and this whole offense a whole revamp and, and a whole new look, man. And I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, Tampa, Tampa, um, Tampa Bay, man, they haven't really just sold me yet. I think they still figuring out some kinks. They offense still look out of whack. Uh, not on the same page. There's a lot of drops going into that game last week against the Rams. The Rams had that game. Um, but unfortunately, some things in the last second, last minute of the game, some things you just got to protect, which is the sideline once you know they have no timeouts. They just didn't play any good situational football last week. And I think that's the only way that Tampa Bay pulled that off. But I'm going with Seattle here as well. 
I like what Seattle's doing as far as the run game, as far as the core players doing what they're doing and defense as well, stopping players and they're giving them all back to the offense too. So give me Seattle here to start my morning off great um, Sunday morning. Vikings 7-1 and one at the Bills 6-2. and two. This is going to be another marquee matchup Ooh. here in Week 10. However, JJ, I will say this. Josh Allen, towards the end of that Jets game, did appear to suffer a right elbow injury. They're currently putting him through some more tests. Reports out there say that he could have a potential UCL injury in that elbow, which is scaring a lot of people right now. Now, the Bills are cautiously optimistic that there's not going to be any severe damage and that he's going to be able to continue playing, but that is something to monitor. If Josh Allen has to miss game action, it'll be Case Keenum who replaces him in the lineup, which is kind of funny because then he plays for one of his former teams, the Vikings, and of course we all know that when Case Keenum and Stephon Diggs were together in Minnesota, they had that big old comeback win in that Saints playoff game, the Minnesota Miracle, and so that would be kind of a funny storyline of Case Keenum ends up starting for the Bills, but Assuming Josh Allen is playing, JJ, here's where I'm going to surprise some folks here. I'm going to go with the Vikings here. 27-24, Kirk Cousins continues to play good. You see that locker room. You see the (laughs) chemistry that they have with each other. Kevin O'Connell has these guys riding together as one. And I have to say, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, and then how about TJ Hawkinson? In his debut game, seven receptions, 70-plus yards, already an instant impact playmaker for Minnesota defensively, man. That pass rush, Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter, those guys are getting after opposing quarterbacks. And Josh Allen's in a slump right now, J.J. He hasn't been playing very good football. I'm rolling with the hot hand here. Minnesota, they make a statement win in Buffalo. Yeah, uh, like you said, for all the reasons, man, Minnesota's... They, they, they're the team that a lot of people are not really talking about, but they should. They should be recognizing those guys as, are going into some great uh, great environments and taking care of business and putting, coming out with some wins. It's a quiet and 7-1 win, but Cook Cousins, like you say, for all the reasons, uh, he has this offense clicking. The defense is playing great ball. And and um, like you say, Josh Allen, I think they was kind of getting ahead of themselves, not just a little bit, but I think, you know, going into MetLife, it's a team that they kind of been looking over and been beating over the last few years. But – uh, uh, the Jets are, Jets are a real team and a real contender, man. So I think Buffalo's kind of took their L the right way. I think um, Stephon Diggs is playing against his former team as well. I think he's going to do some great things as well against them. But I'm going to go Buffalo, man. Even with Josh Allen playing or not playing, I still think Buffalo does a lot of great things on defense. Their secondary, their pass rushing, the Vern Miller, um, they're going to do some great creeps from different havocs and different uh, looks for Kirk Cousins going into a, a, a hostile environment up in Buffalo. So give me Buffalo. Buffalo here to pull it off Sunday against uh, the Vikings. JJ going with Buffalo. I'm going to go with Minnesota Vikings. Next matchup here on the docket, the Lions 2-6 and six at the Chicago Bears 3-6. and six. The Lions, how about that? Getting a win over the Green Bay Packers. Chicago, they lost the close one to Miami. Justin Fields, though, was sensational on Sunday, especially on the ground. 178 rush yards, the most by any quarterback since Michael Vick continues to play good football if you're the bears you have to be excited about the potential for justin fields moving forward defenses are having a hard time tracking him down jj so for me i know the lions are coming off a win i'm gonna go with the bears here 30 to 23 i think chase claypool gets going in his second game in chicago defensively look for them to get after jared goff and fluster him in the pocket give me the bears by seven 
Yeah, I like Chicago too. Like you say, Chicago fans got a lot of great uh, things to be excited for because, like you say, uh, Fields is playing some great ball, man. He's he's adding another dimension that Chicago has missed for a while. Uh, hats off to him for the record he beat 177 yards, like you say, since Michael Vick, man. And he's every bit. Um, he can throw it and spin it just like Michael Vick and run good just as Michael Vick, too. So, yeah, the Lions, I think they got away, not get away with one. They earned that one. That was a great win over Green Bay. But I think Chicago's is on the right track. I think they got some breathing. They got some life. They have some something to look forward, for, and look forward to and move forward to. Give me Chicago here to run away with it. Jaguars three and six to the Kansas City Chiefs six and two you know the Jaguars again a lot better than that three and six record they did come back and beat the Raiders I did pick the Jags last week and so they are a dangerous team JJ because Travis Etienne has come to life they're starting to figure some things out offensively defensively with that front seven with Josh Allen, Trevon Walker and Robertson Harris in the middle they can make life difficult for Kansas City, we saw what Tennessee was able to do with Simmons in the middle. This game will be a little bit closer than some people might expect. I'm still going to go with Kansas City, though, 31-20. Mahomes is able to get the job done, and right now, it's just hard to pick against the Chiefs when they're playing in front of their home fans. Right, and um, I'm going to piggyback a little bit on Jacksonville, man. Trevor's doing a great job. He did a great job of uh, extending plays outside of the pocket. Like you say, Travis Etienne is running strong inside and outside. Trevor was 25 for 31, 235 with a touchdown as well and a come-behind win. But um, like you say, for all the reasons, man, KC, they playing with a chip on their shoulder. They playing for a lot of respect. Their defense is playing great ball as well. Um, Kelsey is doing what Kelsey does, which is finding the open, finding the open space and, and making yaks after the after the catch as well. So I'm excited to see them. But um, I think uh, KC, like you say, is hard to beat at home. So give me KC here as well. Browns three and five at the Dolphins six and three. The Dolphins, man, they continue to play good football ever since Tua returned to the lineup. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Now you got Jeff Wilson into the mix. Mike McDaniel is cooking some things up in South Florida, Miami offense almost is unstoppable at this point to making all the throws down the field for those reasons i'm gonna go miami here jj 34 23 the browns i know that their dna is running the ball with nick chubb kareem hunt i just don't think it's enough to keep pace with this high-powered offense yeah um Mike McDaniels did some great things, man, and um, he's doing some great things with the addition of Jeff uh, Wilson. He came in and fit right in immediately. Uh, I like what the Browns bring on off the edge with Miles Garrett. I like what they line up out wide with Ward and, um, and, and the other guys as well. The safety position is always good. The linebacker position with Deion Jones, that was a great addition to them too well. So I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think it will be. Um, I would pick Cleveland Browns here, but with Tua back in the lineup, man, it adds a lot of different mix, and they're feeling it. They got the momentum. They're rolling right now. Waddle and Cheetah is doing some great things out wide. They are breaking records out there with the pace that they are going. So give me Tua and them to keep rolling, man. And, and it's not going to be an easy one, but give me Miami right here to go over over, over um, Cleveland Browns. Texans 1-6-1 at the Giants 6-2. The Giants coming off a bye week. This will be a little bit closer. 24-16. I'm still going to go with the Giants here. They'll be at home at Life Stadium. The Texans play the Eagles pretty darn close on Thursday night football because that defense has kept them in games. Damian Pierce, the rookie who rushed for over 160 yards against the Eagles. I mean, as long as you have that rushing attack, you're going to be able to stay in games. And so the Giants 
who I think are still rebuilding. They're certainly not as good of a team as their record indicates. They've won some really close, sloppy ball games. I expect Houston to stay stride for stride with New York on Sunday, but Saquon Barkley is the difference here. 24-16, I think the G-Men get the win. Yeah, uh, Houston Texas played a great game last Thursday. They did a great job of holding that high power uh, team in the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, but like like you like what you say, uh, the Giants had a time to kind of recover, rehab. Uh, Xavier McKinley is going to be down, so that's a big X factor in, in, in the plays that he plays a, a tremendous role for the Giants as well. He's one of their play callers on the back end, so that's a note to be taken. You know, that's a, that's a big gap and a big spot that can. Um, can come out to bite them too, but I think, like you say, Saquon is playing at an MVP level right now. I think the uh, the offense feeds off of him and goes off of him. He had time to rest. I think he comes out and have a great game against Houston, which gives him over the edge in MetLife Stadium. So give me the Giants as well. Saints three and six at the Steelers two and six. Steelers now one of those teams coming off a of bye week, trying to figure some things out. Matt Canada offensively, Kenny Pickett trying to get him to limit those mistakes. But JJ here. I'm going to go with the home team here. I think the Steelers get a win. This is a team that has their backs against the wall. They're going to be playing with a lot more urgency at home. Maybe they're able to get TJ Watt back from injured reserve this weekend, which would be a big boost for that defense. But they still have Cam Hayward. They still have Alex Highsmith. They still have Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end. Devin Bush and Miles Jack. I mean, they still have a lot of defensive key pieces that can keep them in games. It's just a matter of getting Kenny Pickett to not turn over the ball, get the run game going with Najee Harris. I think they're able to do that against the Saints team right now that's very vulnerable in offense, seeking an identity. Andy Dalton didn't have the greatest game last night. Right. So I think Pittsburgh gets it done here 23-20, J.J. And I, and I like what you're saying here, man. I, I like Steelers too. We all know what Mike Tomlin does after the bye week. He's pretty successful. I think his – his wins and loss ratio is almost double on the win side when he comes off a bye week. But um, I think for in order for the New Orleans Saints to get in here and pull this off up in Pittsburgh, it's going to come down to the quarterback situation. I think they should give Tyson Hill something because when Tyson Hill is back underneath the center or even the gun, he brings a different type of dimension. And they they rolling. They was rolling last night with him and they, and they took him out, which was kind of disappointing. Uh, the defense, uh, the Saints do have a good run stop defense with the two linebackers that they have, Warner, as well as Davis, and they do a good job of stopping the run as well. And if they can stop the Steelers' run game, I'm still not really sold over Kenny Pickett. I think he still has some room to grow. Um, he's doing a lot of great things up there as well as to get on a moving train as a rookie. But I think the Saints, I'm going to go to New Orleans Saints here. Who that? I think they go up to Pitt, go up to Pittsburgh, find a way to get it done, stop the run, stop Nigel Harris. And uh, put Tyson Hill in. Put Tyson Hill in on some great um, offensive schemes and offensive run games, and it, it, it change the pace a little bit. And I think they go up here and take care of business. Give me New Orleans. The next matchup here: Broncos three and five at the Titans five and three. Titans coming off a very narrow loss in Kansas City, despite being down Ryan Tannehill for the second straight game. I would assume Tannehill is going to be ready to go on Sunday. I'm going to take Tennessee here. They're a team that's probably going to be playing pissed off, JJ, considering that they came very close to getting a win in Kansas City. A couple of calls went against them, weren't quite able to get enough production with Malik Willis in there. He still needs time to develop, but King Henry still 
is running the rock at a very high level. The Broncos, I know they're on a high. Let's ride, right, with uh, Russell Wilson beating the Jags <laughs> in London before that bye week. But I just still do not trust Russell Wilson yeah. and how that offense has looked. So give me the Titans here, 22-17. I think it's a narrow, close, low-scoring game. But Derrick Henry is able to propel the Titans with a victory. Yeah, I'm, I'm right behind you on that one. I think Tennessee is going to take care of business. That was a close win them. Even though it was a loss, I think it's a lot of things to pat on the back for Tennessee. Their defense came in. They played smash mouth football with a great team on the road at KC, which is hard to do. King Henry is still the beast, man. He's still running wild and doing some great things. And like you say, Russell's going to show me week after week that they can be consistent for me to actually hop on that on that less ride wagon. But for right now, I'm going Tennessee Titans to take care of business. Colts 3-5-1 led by Jeff Saturday. We talked about it at the top of the broadcast at the Raiders who dropped another game, JJ. 2-6, embarrassing loss, and they have blown a bunch of double-digit leads this season under McDaniels, Raider Nation calling for McDaniels to be fired. So this is another big game because I'll tell you what, Things will get worse if this Raiders team loses to a Colts team that just got taken over by Jeff Saturday, who has no prior coaching experience. (laughs) So this is what you call a must-win game for the Raiders, and I think they get the job done. 31-20, Derek Carr needs to play better. Devontae Adams has already been going off, but defensively, This is a perfect opportunity for them to lock down, put together a strong performance under Patrick Graham against Sam Ellinger, who is still trying to figure some things out offensively. Jonathan Taylor still banged up with that ankle injury. So give me the Raiders here. They get it done in front of their home fans, and at least they can stop the panic in Vegas for one week, 31-20. Yeah, if you told me Jeff Saturday would have said what he said, I think they got some bullets and points in the Raiders. He just told me, I think I seen on Twitter the other day that he said the Raiders team just look awful. So yeah, yeah. I think he gave. <laughs> so I didn't think Jeff Saturday think he would be in this position where he'll be the head coach going against a team that he just tweeted about like a week ago. Um, and like you say, man, the coach, man, they just got a lot of a lot of things to work on and get together. Um, they just don't have any identity outside of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they do have the key pieces here and there. I just don't know how Sam will hold up against uh, a Raiders defense with Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and those guys. I think they're tired of hearing the noise and tired of getting that bad taste of getting beat. So I think the Raiders do find, find a way to get it done. and do get It's a team that's kind of struggling right now and finding their identity. So give me the Raiders here as well. America's Game of the Week. Here's the one that they've been showing promos on Fox since week one. Cowboys 6-2 and two, going to Lambeau to take on the 3-6 and six Packers, JJ, that have lost five consecutive games. It's also very well documented that Mike McCarthy will be making his return to Green Bay for the first time since he was fired. This is a matchup, JJ, that I still have bitter taste in my mouth just with the whole Aaron Rodgers and over the last nine meetings the Packers have won eight of them the last time the Cowboys have won was back in 2016 it was Dak Prescott's rookie season my last year yes sir you have (laughs) something to do with that even though the Packers JJ are struggling and they look on film like one of the worst teams in football and they got Hit by the injury bug, Rayshon Gary, their best edge rusher, out for the season. Torn ACL, Eric Stokes, one of their starting corners, likely out for the season. Aaron Jones, high ankle sprain. Christian Watson, maybe in concussion protocol. I mean, the list goes on and on, but I just know 
that Aaron Rodgers, when the Cowboys turn up, he finds ways to move the ball down the field. They're going to be at home. On paper, right now everybody figures, well, Dallas should be a big favorites. But I still have doubts, JJ, because of Green Bay and all the previous trauma that we've had against that team. Despite Green Bay being down several players, despite the Cowboys being fresh off a bye week, this game's going to be close. But I'm going to go with the Cowboys 27-20 over Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I am nervous. I got you. And um, and like you say, for all the reasons, you have the reason to be nervous. But last time we was in... Green Bay Packers Stadium in the regular season, we took care of business. I think more so Green Bay kind of have their way towards the playoff side of things. But last time we were there, man, we took care of business. We held that team, a great team there, to to a to a minimum of what they was even doing to the to a sense to a T. But man, Dallas Cowboys, no need to worry, man. How about them Cowboys? The boys are playing great ball. They coming at you all different ways on defensively. Their cornerbacks is doing, playing great ball. The safeties is playing great, doing a great job. Dan Quinn is doing a great job with this team, man, inside and out. And Dak Prescott, he had another week to rest and get off and get healthy. Uh, Zeke, I think, should be healthy this game as well. Tony Pollard is running wild. And they're doing a lot of great things, man. It's hard to break that chemistry up. Kind of coming off the same win wagon that we was when we was 2016, when we was on a roll winning as well. So give me Dallas Cowboys here to go in here, take care of business. But like you say, they're going to have to go in here and stop the run and stop an angry Aaron Rodgers, which is very dangerous um, when he's coming off of losses and, and, and all the doubt is against him. So give me Dallas here to go in here, but I don't think it's going to be a biggest blowout like everybody think it will be, but give me Dallas Cowboys. Well, I'm hoping that uh, Rodgers is not going to have any reason to do that discount double check. I think Micah Parsons, <laughs> if anybody, will be doing the discount double check in the backfield. Right. Looking forward to that one. Let's go, Cowboys. I like your take there. Hopefully they get the job done. Now a couple more games here on the slate. Cardinals 3-6, and six, Rams 3-5. and five. Two teams that are struggling. They're on the struggle bus, JJ. These are two teams that everybody thought, including myself, would be in contention to be atop the division. Instead, Seattle is taking that right so far. I'm going to give the edge to the Rams here, 24-21, just because I think the Cardinals, they're in a little bit worse spot right now. Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, they don't look like they're on the same page. And the Rams' defense, despite losing that game on that final drive, they sure locked up Tampa Bay. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, Donald was constantly in the backfield and so last time the Rams played the Cardinals it was in the playoffs and the Rams absolutely obliterated Kyler Murray I think they get the job done here JJ Cooper Cup will lead them again three-point win for the Rams yeah I agree with you I think the Cardinals have a lot of distractions going on man as far as uh, Kyler Murray situation with the contract and everything over there. They got hard knocks, in-season hard knocks going on over there. And it's a lot of great different things that's pulling those players maybe in a different situation. And they're trying to get on a run of train, man. They had a lot of high expectations going into this season. And once you kind of uh, get deflated in certain areas or even, you know, um, lack um, lack there is in certain areas, it's kind of hard to get on the same train. I think Kyler Murray, like you say, Cliff, are – I'm not seeing eye to eye right now for the Rams. I think it's just they missed up the old line not gelling and um, having all kind of new pieces in front of Matt Stafford right now. So, but I think the defense does a great job. Jalen Ramsey always kind of time, uh, always find a way to come through crucial and in a big situation here. And I think he come up with the last minute, a last minute interception to seal the game against the Cardinals. Give me the Rams as well. 
Sunday night primetime, Chargers 5-3, 49ers 4-4. Four four. This should be a very good game. Niners coming off a bye week. Chargers coming off a big win, but the Chargers are still banged up. They're without a couple of playmakers. We'll see what the availability is for Keenan Allen. Bosa obviously still out as well. I like the Niners here, JJ. Ever since they acquired Christian McCaffrey, they've been able to get some things going offensively. Debo Samuel missed last week's game. He should be back with the hamstring. So I think as long as Debo's healthy, defensively, they're starting to get guys back. They designated Elijah Mitchell to return. Aziz Alshair, the other linebacker, looks like he could be back as well. Jason Verrett, my guy, corner. I talked with him the other day. He's expecting to make his return. So I'm going to go with the Niners here, 27 23. I think they continue to run the ball with McCaffrey and another efficient night from Jimmy G. Yeah, you gave um, uh, Shanahan an extra week to kind of get prepared, man, do different things. He, like I say, he was on a roll uh, last week as well with uh, McCaffrey and their defense here is none, nothing to play with, man. They got a lot of great players, um, and they do a lot of great things on the defensive side of the ball, which I think, like you say, for the depleted charges that they are, it's just kind of hard to go into an environment like the 49ers, kind of with the momentum that they have rolling as well. So give me 49ers here as well. Last game here, Commanders 4-5 and five at the Eagles, unbeaten still, 8-0, and oh, Monday night, 7-15 on ESPN. JJ, I mean, I know NFC's divisional games always are close, but Philadelphia, I expect them to take care of business at home, 26-17, they'll win by 9. I think the Commanders can keep it close, Taylor Heineke, you know, he's, he's a little bit of a wild card, he can come up and and make life a little bit more difficult for defenses. They had the Vikings on the rope at home on Sunday. They just couldn't quite close them out. The Eagles, however, playing good defense. The front seven will get after Heineke. I think Miles Sanders, they've been able to run the ball really well on the ground. Hurts and A.J. Brown, that connection has been second to none thus far in the NFL. So Philly will get it done 26-17. Yeah, I like what Philly doing. I do like it, like you say. I told you once Tyler Hunter can get in there, man. He, he's a guy that that's that's under the radar and, and does a lot of great things for a team that's kind of behind the ball. And he's come out and do a lot of great magical things, man. But I think you know, fly Eagles fly, man. Much as I hate to say it, I think the Eagles is they built us something confident. I don't I don't think they will have their first loss this week. Give me Philly here to pull it off. So there it is, the slate for week ten. Just went through it on the podcast and. Looking forward to some good games this weekend. Hopefully we see that Dallas Cowboys win, JJ. But always a pleasure, brother, having you on the podcast. Look forward to seeing how our picks end up on Sunday and Monday. And we'll discuss it again next Tuesday moving forward into week number 11. I appreciate your time, bro. Take care and God bless this afternoon. Hey, mutual man. Hey, thank you as well. And like I say, I'm I'm excited for week 10. Try to pick it back off this 11 to 2 season. So I'm excited for this week, man. And blessings to you. All right, brother. Take care. God bless.